You're listening to the Boston Greeks podcast with Adi and Foti. They've been bringing Greek culture online since 1998, and now they're bringing you the best Greek guests Boston has to offer. So grab your kafedaki and join us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Boston Greeks podcast. I'm Ari, and with me, as always, is my co-host and partner, Fotios Demos. Today we have a very, very special episode, which is near and dear to our hearts because what we're going to touch upon in this episode is something that's very important, especially in these, these trying times that we're in. And before we get to that, let me just bring on my co-host, Foti Stamos. Hello, Foti. Yasu Ari, thank you so much for this great introduction. I, I, I'm super excited for our guest. And as you mentioned, how important and dear to our hearts this episode is going to be. And I think our audience is actually going to... Uh, also, be very interested in our guests. Absolutely. Why don't you tell everybody well, a little bit about our, the special? I, I kind of want to make a comment. Like all these years that we've been friends, I thought that I was your your support system, your psychiatrist. I gave you all this advice, but I think I've been proving wrong because <laughs> with us, we had this very good conversation with our guests. We're going to bring on who actually has quite a bit to mention and feature and discuss with us about our mental state of being in today's society. But we'll let him discuss more about this in detail. I want to welcome our guest, Dr. Iraklis Yakumatos. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you with us. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I know that we've been going back and forth to get you on. And finally, we got you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, Aaron Fodi. I, I really appreciate it. I look forward to sharing kind of my my background, what I think about, as you said, kind of the busy days, the busy state of life, uh, and how that can affect mental health. So, Irak, can I call you Irakli? Is that okay? Oh, doctor. Just no, I only call you doctor. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Irakli, um, we we talked about we 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 mentioned this in the intro. Uh, these days, uh. I feel like, I don't know if it's just me getting older, but I feel like it is, I don't want to use the term crazy because that's not a technical term, but just the, these times are a little chaotic, a little wild. I, but And I don't know if it's just my own mind that, that's getting older and, and a little paranoid or whatever, or it's really these times. Before we get into your history and everything else, what is your take on on, on what people are doing right now like what can they do when they have all this media all this news all this like craziness we just had this like terrible catastrophe in turkey we just have like all these things like is there is there anything that you uh think about when when times are tough like this i think it's a way to find a it's find a way to press a pause button distraction and self-care which it's so difficult to do these days right we're being bombarded with from Laptops, phones, news, there's there's nonstop. If we think about the last three years, what hasn't happened around the world, mm-hmm. right? So economically, pandemic, so, so many different things. Wars, of course, uh, as you said, kind of earthquakes that affected Turkey and other parts of the world. I think that finding that balance within ourselves, which is such a struggle these days from the pace of life and everything else. Yeah, I mean... It, does, does it seem to you, gentlemen, that... Um... You know, if you look back in time, we're living in modern times, right? So we should be more progressed in the way we think, huh. the way we do things. But is that the case? Even though we're we're living in more progressive times, we're dealing with with issues that were, did they exist prior to our parents' generation? Did they 
have the same feelings that we do today? Or is it just my own way of, you know, kind of saying, wait a minute, is it just us or has this happened in the past to others? No, well, I think maybe they had uh, their way of life had some sort of kind of protection, like a bubble, meaning when they shut their door, in other words, perhaps, you know, they can also shut the television. That was it. Now there's no escaping, especially with working from home. I think there is, you know, you cannot be away from technology. I think kind of something that really can help people and something that I tell my patients sometimes when I get anxious about news is just turn the notifications off your phone. Uh, it's, of course, it's good to be up to date with what happens around the world and the state of the world. But do we really need to know the news 12 times a day? I think maybe checking once or twice should be sufficient. Very well said. You know, we could throw so many questions at you, but why don't we uh, kind of begin? Uh, I know we were so eager. We jumped into so many things, but let's begin first. Uh, what are you what is exactly what you do? What what exactly are you and, and what do you do? And then and then I want to ask you a little bit about your history. Sure. So I treat adults with mental health issues and adults also with substance use issues it can be either or or both. Examples of general mental health issues, depression, anxiety, attention deficit, trauma, uh, bipolar disorder, and examples of substance use disorders could be issues with alcohol, with opiates, with cocaine, tobacco, cannabis, and also behavioral addictions like gambling. And, and I treat adults with either or either mental health or substance use or a combination of a mental health and a substance use issue. Wow, fascinating. So okay, so that's a that's um, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, uh, you know what? The way I feel is, I love what I do. I absolutely do, and I was very lucky to be trained by great people in the field, people that kind of created the field. Um, so I want to be able to one from a teaching standpoint pass that that knowledge on, and on the other hand, also be able to affect people's life directly. Mm. Uh, okay, so so let's let's start a little bit with with how. When and how old were you when you knew you were going to take this path in life? And, and just give us a quick summary of how you came to be in this I, field. I'll start for you. <laughs> so um, I guess that, that that question has different kind of levels and answers. So from medical school, I think I knew that in high school, uh, back back in Greece, as uh, as you may know, people preparing like for the national exams, the the Panellinius and so forth. Mm -hmm. So you have to choose like a school that you want to go to. So I think that decision was made. I made that decision, uh, I think probably like the equivalent of 10th grade. And that's what I made the decision. Wow. Um, for me, the beginning was something that is so variable, meaning so that every day is so different than any other day. I always thought that I would be frankly bored if I did something else. I wanted like people are very unique and I'm going to see different people every day. So every day is going to be different. So I want to be part of that. Mm. So I was lucky enough to get into uh, medical school of Athens through the national exam systems back in Greece and studied a lot. I'm not going to deny that, but I was able to get in. Then about psychiatry was actually the last year of medical school um, in Greece. Medical school six years. So in my sixth year of medical school, I was doing a rotation in a hospital in Athens called Epicon Hospital. And I remember actually meeting an older woman um, 20 years prior to that. She had made the decision to become a nun and just she had gone to a monastery and left everybody, her family behind. 
Wow. And the her children never really understood the decision. They felt rejected, rejected, and kind of left behind. So she had never, she hadn't talked to them in years and years and years. So she was in the hospital because she had um, very severe, almost terminal cancer. And Gosh. I found myself, even though it was internal medicine rotation, I found myself actually going in early and getting. You know, having my coffee next to her bed and just chit-chatting in the morning, just mm -hmm. wanting to be there and provide support. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling how, you know, perhaps the children have made assumptions of maybe they, that she had left them behind, but it's, you know, they never had the discussion. So I wanted to kind of facilitate that, be able to help people see from different perspectives uh, and also feel better at the end of the day, right? I think the way that I see my profession is, at the end of the day, I wanted people to have a better quality of life, be able to enjoy their lives more. So that was a decision about psychiatry. And then after medical school and military service in Greece, I came over to the States. I did some research and then I joined the what's called the Harvard South Shore Psychiatry Program that is mainly based off the Brockton VA down, uh, down in Brockton, Mass. Mm -hmm. It also has a lot of rotations at McLean Hospital. And the decision to, after finishing residency, which is like a four-year program just to learn how to treat adults with mental health issues, mm -hmm. the reason why I went into an addiction fellowship is because I remember seeing a patient that turned his life around so much. So when somebody has addiction, as you may know, it affects not just the individual, but the whole world, the whole family, mm -hmm. right? They're not able to have relationships. They're not able to have a job. They steal, they lie. And that is part of part of the disorder uh, because it, it becomes a biological issue. And then when I saw somebody actually utilizing treatment and kind of then being able to, I remember him getting married, having his daughter, starting a job somewhere. And, and that I wanted to be part of that more and more and more. Wow. And kind of that's what led me to the decision to do the addiction fellowship, with which I did at the Mass General Brigham System at MGH, McLean and Brigham. And that's um, so that is that is a long winded answer to why I decided to do this. Wow. That, I mean, that's amazing. I you know, it, now that you are talking, I, I something just popped into my head. You it, it must be so difficult to uh, I mean, it must be it must be nice to 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 see the successes of your work, uh, of your efforts. Uh, but it must be so difficult if you can't reach somebody, if something just doesn't click. I mean, is that something that you deal with? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I see that also in trainees or so trainees that I supervise. I think part of the struggle is to understand our limitations. Yeah. Right? And especially as physicians, we, we have God complex that I can fix it. I can help you do what you want to do. Yeah. But the reality is that nothing is up to us. We're here to advice and give recommendations and help them understand themselves but we cannot make any change right we're we're just there we we provide a constant in their life because a lot of people with mental health and substance use issues they've gone through a lot of, a lot of trauma and it's hard to trust people so we provide that constant that hey i'm going to be here no no matter how hard it gets so let's figure this out together and and of course i mean losing people by suicide, losing people by overdose, it's 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 things. It's it's so difficult losing patients because you you know they can become part of your world. Yeah, right. And you and you're human. You're 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 a human being with feelings and emotions. And that I can only imagine 
I'm not cut out for that. I I just, I don't, I don't, I can't do it. It it, it just, it's not within me. Like I would get so like depressed just hearing people's like uh, life stories. If, if they're sad, like it gets me down and say, I don't know how to like kind of break away from that. You know, you're, you're a trained professional, so I understand you can deal with it, but it's, but all in all, it's, it's a difficult, difficult thing you do and, and, you know, bless you for doing it because so the people that you help, I'm sure, is just very rewarding, and and it's just you're making a difference, and that's that's very important, especially nowadays. Thank you. I I, I hope so. As I said, I want to, like I always say to people, I, I'm with medication, for example. You know, I cannot promise that this is going to work and it's going to work overnight, but I'm going to promise that I'm going to be here with you, and we're going to try to figure it out together. Uh-huh. Okay. So right now. That's what you do. That's your your specialty. Uh, what exactly is your your job? Yeah, the, I know you also train people. Sh- sure. Yeah. So the title is like addiction psychiatrist. So general psychi- general adult psychiatrist with specialty in addiction psychiatry. Uh, and I kind of do yeah a few things. So the training is because I'm at Mass General there a few days a week at the co-occurring disorder clinic. So treating both mental health and substance use issues. Mm-hmm. And that's that's also um, part of the faculty of the addiction fellowship faculty. So I train the fellows that go come through our fellowship. Wow. Uh, then also in the community, uh, the medical director of the Massachusetts, in, in Massachusetts of Brightview, which is again, a co-occurring mm-hmm. meeting mental health and substance use disorders clinic. And I also have my own private pay, private practice uh, where I see patients uh, for privately outside of those institutions. You know, um, if I can uh, just interject real quick because of the importance of uh, this conversation and this segment uh, with mental health and how it's become more and more prominent in our day-to-day society is that, you know, even in Boston, as you know, we're here in this local market, you know, we're being subject to a lot of circumstances in our local media that you're noticing that there's a lot of atrocities that are happening today mm-hmm. that are the result of mental illness, you know, unfortunate crimes and circumstances of, you know, um, you know, murders and so forth that are us, uh, that are a result of mental illness. And we're constantly being, you know, subject to the the media letting us know, like, you know, they're they're now promoting those that are listening or watching, you know, to call certain phone numbers to get help. And for me, I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, um, this is becoming more and more common, or we're hearing more about this, where in the past, it wasn't as in our face today, because in the last couple of months, you know, we've been in the Boston market, I'm speaking specifically, you know, there's a lot of these atrocities that are happening, uh, that were being um, acknowledged with the media of of mental health being a, a part of why this is happening. So, you know, this is a great timing for us and our segment for our audience to know that, you know, even though we're Greek and we're having a Greek uh, segment here as Greek Americans, though, I think it affects all of us. So we're not, you know, we're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think we're not um, eliminated from this pr- pr- process. Uh, I think we're all affected. It's just that I think sometimes, if correct me if I'm wrong, as Greek Americans, sometimes we're a little hesitant to admit that we are dealing with these issues because, of our upbringing and our culture that we want to make sure that we're, you know, we're, you know, we're not embarrassing our families and we're not embarrassing our, you know, our loved ones. But I think this is important for all of us to discuss. I I want to jump off of that and, and just ask you, do you, do you find it difficult um, more so less so 
Is there a trend that's going up, going down of people willing and realizing that they need help, mental health help? Or do you think it's still kind of like a stigma or something kind of like what Foti said? Like, I know like old school Greeks that are like, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'm okay. You're not. You're really not. But why that, that stigma is really, it bugs me so much. It's like, why is there such a stigma? You can get sick. You could get a cold. You could get a disease. You could get cancer. Your brain is like one of the most, like the biggest functioning organs in your life. Like, how do you not? think that that needs any help like I, I really wish the stigma would go away but do you do you notice any sort of anything trend worthy like is more and more is it just out in the open more uh, like any thoughts of that so you're talking more about the the greek community especially right so i to say that there's no stigma i think that would be unrealistic right there's certainly stigma I do think that there's much less stigma than there was five or 10 years ago. I think some of the initial, initial hurdles were, you know, as a, I think as like our parents, it were, they felt that it was their mistake. They did something wrong. So then they were kind of blaming themselves. What did I do to you? And exactly, Ari, kind of what you said is because of the way that mental health is perceived is a disease of the mind, not the brain. Right. So it was perceived as you're not strong enough. You can white knuckle this. Mm-hmm. No, you don't you don't you don't need anything else. Just you it's gonna go away, you're gonna be good. But I think more and more education that it is a disease of the brain. There is a biological underpinning. It's not anybody's personality fault or it's not any upbringing issue. It's something that some people are more vulnerable to and some people are less vulnerable to. Some people that also runs in families and especially in Greek families, it's really hard to get any family history because nobody was diagnosed 50 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Or, yeah. or 30 years ago. So how can you get an accurate family history? You can't. They're just going to hear, well, my grandmother, my aunt had something. I knew she had something, but it was never diagnosed. Um, so I think we're missing that piece. But I think more and more education and also, unfortunately, is the reality of life that it gets so busy, so hectic, so somebody that is prone to develop something is more likely to develop something now than they were 10 years ago because you just don't have that outlet. So you don't have that opportunity for the for work-life balance. And just, you know, it keeps adding up and then you just have, you reach, that, you reach your threshold. And if we think about it as in general kind of me- medical terms, I, the, typically the way I present it to people is there's no difference than somebody having hypertension or depression, right? You have a biological predisposition if it runs in your family. And then it's it, it depends on some on genetic factors and environmental factors. Environmental factors in hypertension could be nutrition, could be exercise, and in mental health could be meditation, therapy, kind of taking care of that if you know you're prone to something that you might develop in the future. And and I think also, and I'm sorry, uh, just another long-winded an- answer for me. But, no, no, we love uh, this. Uh, but it would also, um, it's 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 important to to also for people that are also having in therapy or receiving medication management to share that experience with others, so that it would kind of normalize more and more, right? Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> you mentioned a couple of great points. Um, and I think that in the times that we live in today and these outlets, you mentioned about outlets, um, is there, as far as addiction goes to, uh, 
Dr. Deckley, is there beyond substance abuse, do you find that there's other behaviors uh, in today's society that are contributing to, you know, uh, distractions and problems in behavior that are, are addicting? And when I use the word addicting, like, I, we were talking about this with us as just, you know, just casual conversation, like people are addicted uh, to their devices, and that's having an impact Social media. on their life. It's having an impact on their relationships, it's having an impact with their f- families. Is this something also that's becoming an issue or being more present in your practice? Yeah, and it goes back to our difficulty as society these days to just turn things off. We're connected. You can have from an Apple Watch, your phone, to your laptop, to television, can have Alexa. So, you know, it, so there's, there's no, no escaping from any, any of that. So I think the reason why we see it more and more is, is exactly, it's exactly that, that people just get like fed up and there's no way, you know, when you have tension building up, you're going to explode at some point. And the whole point is find a way to just to release some of the tension slowly to avoid yeah. reaching that threshold. And that could be could be exercise, could be meditation. Just, you know, I often do like deep breathing exercise with the patients and it really takes and happy to do one with you as well at some point. Mm-hmm. But it really <laughs> but it really takes two minutes and it can really help just decompress. And it's not when we're going through something stressful, we're not we're not gonna change reality, we're gonna change our perspective. Because that is the way having like plasticity and the ability to switch perspectives. Is this the only perspective that I can see a situation from? And we get stuck in our own perspective, that just one perspective. And I think sometimes just getting help navigating that, that's probably the most important piece. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's so uh, true that you just mentioned, because how often, Ari, do we make comments about when we were younger, how we were dealing with things, how we grew up. And then we will look at the younger generation and it bothers us and it makes us crazy. So like, for example, as a parent of two young children, um, it drives me bananas because they're so <laughs> is that a technical term <laughs> is, they, is that they're addicted to their devices. So I understand that it's not going to go away and we have to figure out, well, how do we deal with the fact that children are connected to their devices more than any other generation that, you know, when it's time to put it down and have dinner, let's, you know, get off your phones, get off your devices, that the perspective is, yes, we have to accept it, that this is part of our life. But how do we deal with it to make sure that we put things in order? Because otherwise, you know, it causes arguments, it causes conflict between the parent and the child, then it causes conflict between the parents themselves, who are trying to, you know, um, treat a situation that's affecting all of us because devices are a distraction in the home. And you're right. I think that it's, it's changing your perspective. So we've learned to kind of calm down and kind of set boundaries to what we should be doing in the house when it's time to be together as a family. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. I think that conversation of expectations, boundaries, limits, limitations, I think that's important, especially the setting that you mentioned, like, sitting down having dinner as a family mm-hmm. one of the strengths of the greek like of the greek culture is family and the bond the bond within the family so i think that is also a way to utilize a strength in our culture uh, by kind of limiting kind of by limiting technology and allow for that human contact that has happened over generation generations which can be a, a little bit of chit chat but i think it's important just to to connect and it's important to know that you have support 
you also mentioned Irakli, um perspective and being able to change a perspective or view things from a different perspective. I, I very much like that uh, thought and idea because I feel like there's a, a, a big lack, especially nowadays, in my opinion, um, that people just cannot see things from a different perspective. Like they're kind of in their bubble, uh, you know, even even their device and the Internet and everything forms an even bigger bubble. Because if you're say you're a conservative or you're a liberal, you're only going to have that feedback of conservatism or liberalism because that's what the internet kind of does now. It's like they're not feeding you stuff you don't want to see. They're feeding you stuff you want to see to keep you on the internet longer so they can sell more ads. So these like kind of feedback loops are happening. And it's like people have such a difficulty seeing things from a different perspective or maybe even like the empathy. I feel like sometimes empathy is is going down and and people can't kind of get their, themselves in other people's shoes to 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 kind of see life and i feel like that's like one of the one of the major things that that you know maybe going down a bad path with our modern technological lifestyle uh, does that sound like something that that is valid in my opinion yeah i i think so too something that i also talk often is asking patients kind of what would you do or would you say if your best friend your partner or your child was in your situation and the reason for that, also because we tend to be super strict with ourselves, but very kind with others. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of thinking, okay, if if we just take a step back and evaluate the, the situation as a third party, I think we're much more likely to see it more objectively. Well, I mean, uh, I think, Ari, we can go on and on, as you mentioned. I think there's so many subjects and specific topics within this um that we can discuss with Dr. Douglas that so uh, so I I'm going to segue right now and I'm going to you know people are going to listen to this there's going to be a, a big audience so I don't want to put you on the spot directly but I I absolutely want this to continue I want to have as much as you can and as much as you are able I we would love to have you back we would love to kind of touch upon different subjects for us it's so important and i i i think this is uh, you know it it would be so interesting for so many people um and we would love to to kind of continue this in some sort of series if possible thank you for putting me on the spot but (laughs) this this is how we do it we we put you on live (laughs) camera and then we ask that's fair that's fair i see i see how that works (laughs) but no i absolutely um as i said at the beginning it's my pleasure and honor to be here and would be more than happy to meet again and as many times as as we want to and just touch on kind of different topics and sure. you know see what what makes the most sense right and, and, it, and any and all billing goes to 40 directly so we'll give you his information it's, and, a, uh, it's a private pay private practice for yeah. this. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope um, I would like to also add uh dr Reclis, is that uh and this might be very maybe might be a challenging question but for this specific segment for our audience that are listening, um, is there anything that a message you can send to our audience who might be dealing with the issues that we just discussed that maybe is there any few pointers that you can just uh, let us know so they can hear as a kind of like a as a introduction to, you know, giving them some support until the next segments that we have with you? Is there anything that you can kind of mention for those that are listening that are dealing with some of these issues? Yeah, I, I think is 
do not hesitate to reach out to a mental health professional if you're suffering with any mental health substance use issues. Especially in Boston, we're very lucky to be surrounded by many very well-trained professionals. So it, even though it's, you know, it's, it's, it has been very, very busy in mental health, there's, again, at least a plethora of professional, you know, professionals where we live. And the other thing would be self-care. Fine, even if it's 10 minutes a week or 30 minutes a week that you want to do something by yourself, go to the gym or with your partner, go on a dinner date, whatever it is, find that little something that you can carve time out of your busy schedule through the week just to focus on yourself and what matters to you. Excellent. And having said that, um, could you also let us know and let our audience know a little bit about your practices, how they can find out more information if they want to reach out to you? Sure. Um, here, uh, mainly my, uh, like as a private practice practitioner tonight. Uh, so about my private practice, there is, I think Aris also might put it on the website at some point. I will. Yeah. I'm going to have uh, all your information. But there's going to be a link. Uh, there is a, you can find me on psychology today. That's something that people can find me on. If you go by zip codes, um, actually I have two offices, one in the South end of Boston where I can see people either over video or in person. But I also have for New Englanders, I also my second home in, in Hookstead, New Hampshire. I can also see patients there in person. So with a video, like a rule for telehealth is that people need to be located in Massachusetts or New Hampshire when we do video visits. Okay. So I could remotely see anybody as long as they're located in Massachusetts or New Hampshire, adults with mental health issues or substance use issues. Unfortunately, I do not work directly with insurance companies, so I only accept private pay. That means that you pay me directly and then I can provide a billing statement that you can give to your insurance and perhaps you can get an out-of-network reimbursement from your insurance. Excellent. Excellent. For me, th this was such a such a fascinating, interesting, um, necessary topic with with an individual such as yourself, Irakli. I'm just I'm very I'm always very just amazed at the people who do this kind of work. I I dabbled for like five minutes as a freshman in high school with psychology. I loved the class. I, I thought it was amazing. But as I mentioned before, there, 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 there's so much to it that you have to be such a strong individual to deal with the things that you deal with. And I think that's where it kind of, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know what the word is, but I, I was like, I don't know if I could do it. And, and I never did. But listening to it and, and discussing it and, and speaking to individuals such as yourself just fascinates me. And I thank you so much for being with us and taking the time out. Absolutely. Yes, I think we, we all have our calling and I don't I don't think I could do what you guys are doing. So I appreciate this opportunity to combine our talents yeah. and tell, you know, people that, you know, reach out for mental health and mental health is important. It's absolutely important. And um, Fati, anything you want, else you want to I close want, with? I want to uh, echo what you were saying, Ari. I, you know, it's a blessing that we cross paths. The timing couldn't have been better with what we're dealing with in today's world. Um, I think that our audience uh, would be uh, very excited to continue uh, having you come on back on uh, upcoming episodes. Uh, I want to thank you for your time and your busy schedule. Um, and again, you know, we're looking forward to everything moving forward with you, Irakli. Again, thank you for the opportunity. And I look forward to chatting with you in the future again. All right. 
thank you, everybody out there watching and listening. Um, as we mentioned before, all of Irakli's information will be in the notes of the video and the podcast. We want to thank Irakli once again for being with us and taking the time out. I want to thank my co-host, Foti. I want to thank everybody out there for watching and listening. And we will see you all next time. Thank you so much. Good mental health to everybody. And see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.